Okay. This is just par for course when it comes to the current regime of the former vice president, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. When you get into the details of this, it's absolutely ridiculous. There was a security incident at the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. That's right, folks. Let me put that again. There was a security incident at DHS, the Department of Homeland Security. DHS official Brian Salk, executive director of the Transnational Organized Crime Mission Center at DHS's Office of Intelligence and Analysis, had his office raided, was escorted out of the building, his office was sealed off with investigative police tape, and evidence seals were put around the keyholes. Salk is under investigation for taking a personal electronic device into a secured office. This is a violation of security protocols. The headline almost writes itself. Biden, Department of Homeland Security official, is raided after security incident. Let's get into the details here and start asking some real pertinent questions. Salk is under investigation for allegedly taking a personal electronic device into a secured office. This is a violation of security protocols. He was responsible for assessment on some of the top matters at the department. The Washington Examiner reported this. An intelligence official working for the Department of Homeland Security reportedly had his office searched and was escorted from the workplace. The report says that Salk was responsible for assessment of some of the top matters the department handles, including border security and the opioid epidemic. There are reports that Salk was escorted from his office once law enforcement arrived and was brought to a different part of the DHS complex to be questioned. Salk's office was reportedly sealed with police tape and evidence seals were put around the... put... Uh, on the door keyholes. The incident wherein Salk was taken away from his office happened this past week. This has now been confirmed by, by DHS. Now, so far, he has not been charged or arrested, but he has been put on administrative leave. Fox News reports, the spokesperson also told Fox News that Salk was placed on administrative leave as part of the ongoing investigation per standard procedure. Additionally, the spokesperson said that Actions taken by the Federal Protective Services were not related to the ongoing internal inquiry. Salk has neither been arrested nor charged. Um, but the question we have to ask is, why did Salk bring a personal device into a secured office? The guy is, I mean, this is not like, you, this is intentional. If Salk did this, this is intentional. This is not by accident. There's no way can go, oh, he didn't know or he made a mistake or what have you. Because it's his job as a, a person at the Department of Homeland Security in charge of transnational organized crime at the border to know these things. So who is he spying for? Now, I'm not accusing Salk of anything because I don't know the man. I don't, I've never heard of him until this story. But if you've been here for any length of time, we talk about 
what's going on at the border and how the open border with fentanyl coming in via the Mexican cartels and the fentanyl coming from China is all part of an organized by design plot in which there are elements of the American deep state, the uniparty, the cabal, whatever you want to call them, who are involved in facilitating and allowing this to happen. We've talked about, especially on my other show, BCP Unfiltered, links to my other show that's not here on YouTube or down below, as well as our sister YouTube channel, in which BCP Juniorette, my daughter, reports the news. She does not do analysis. Did an excellent report earlier today. It's being well-received by you folks. Links to everything are down below. We've talked about, for instance, that there are cartel elements that are, let's just say, that allegedly have a conduit directly to Katie Hobbs, the former Secretary of State of Arizona. I'm not going to use her current supposed title. And then you see this, where a top brass of this administration is breaking security protocol rules intentionally. This is a developing story. I'm looking forward to see what more we find out. Speaking of fentanyl, the border, and the opioid crisis, of which Mr. Salk was supposedly over or involved in over at DHS, we have Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. I am no longer in California. I'm back here at my home in Utah. Just in time to get a little bit of drizzle yesterday after California sunshine for the last several weeks while I was there. Governor, Cavan, uh, Go- Governor Gavin Newsom of California announced that the Highway Patrol, CHIPS, CHP, and the California National Guard will now be used to combat the ongoing fentanyl crisis. That's right. They're going to go there and they'll be combating the fentanyl crisis. Oh, not at the border at its origin where that would make sense. But in San Francisco, now if you're not familiar with California, San Francisco is in Northern California. California is a large state, and that distance is about 520 miles from Tijuana, the closest border crossing with Mexico down in San Diego. Instead of dealing with the root problems, this is pretty much how the Democrats work. Everything is reactive. In recent years, overdose, overdose death in the city of San Francisco has skyrocketed due to Democrat elected officials such as Newsom being soft on drug-related crime. So they're soft on drug-related crime, the Democrats are soft at the border, and then they create the crisis. And then they need more funding, of course, to cure it. The University of California, San Francisco reported that 82% of homeless deaths are due to drug overdoses. I didn't show it on here, but... You may have seen on social media a woman, a homeless woman, giving birth to a baby right there on the dirty streets of San Francisco. She had just gotten high a few moments before that happened. Failures, failures, failures. Real quick, an update on the Bud Light woke campaign. Anheuser-Busch has changed its marketing leadership after a disastrous marketing decision. Uh, sure took him long enough. It's been several weeks now, hasn't it? Woke Bud Light Vice President of Marketing, Elisa 
Heinerschneid has taken a leave of absence weeks after the company was criticized for his partnership with the influencer Dylan Mulvaney. Todd Allen, VP of Global Marketing for Budweiser, will replace Alyssa Heinerschneid as Vice President of Marketing for the brand. And then they gave some kind of press release that didn't say anything. But like they did. But like President Trump uh, once said, everything woke turns to Shasta Cola. Except he used the other word for crap, not Shasta Cola. NBA Hall of Fame head coach Phil Jackson says he has not watched the NBA since the leads the league allowed players to put wonky political messaging on their jerseys during the 2020 season. Quote, they did something kind of wonky. They did a bubble down in Orlando and all the teams that could qualify went down there and stayed down there. And he said, and they had things on their back like justice. They made a funny thing like justice just went down the basket and equal opportunity just knocked him down. So my grandkids thought that was pretty funny to play up those names. So I couldn't watch that. It was catering, trying to cater to an audience or trying to bring a certain audience into play. They didn't know it was turning other people off. People want to see sports as non-political. Exactly. There are certain things, folks. I can't talk uh, about women because um, I am not a woman, never will be. My my biology uh, is not uh, is male. But I can tell you, even though I'm no longer a big sports guy, I was like in high school and in, in junior high and in college. But you get guys together, political affiliation, religion, uh, doesn't matter when you get around and you talk about sports. And same thing with cars. I'm a, I'm a big car guy. It You don't have to bring politics when you go to Cars and Coffee or a car meet or a car show or, 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 or a, a sporting event. And they are ruining that. Everything woke turns to crap. It really does. All right, let me talk about John Fetterman and the new low that we're seeing in the Senate. Fetterman made these remarks during an interview with NPR. He actually admitted that he was not the kind of senator that Pennsylvania deserved while he was hospitalized for depression. Quote, I thought every night when I was laying in bed, when I was in the hospital, like, what if I just would have done something about this before? I could kick myself and just think about my family wouldn't have been put through this and my constituents. Yeah. Maybe you should have dropped out when you had a stroke. But now that I am back, I'm really committed to letting people know to anyone that has any of these feelings, there's a path and you can get better. So all of Pennsylvania is being sacrificed by Fetterman, who somehow magically beat Dr. Oz, a world-renowned doctor who has name recognition, who people on both sides of the aisle liked and respected. He got beat by Mr. Overgrown Antifa. But I digress. This is where I thought it was uh, very interesting. I was so depressed that I didn't even realize I was depressed. Now tell me if this is if this was depression or something else is what I'm trying to make a point here. I didn't even okay, let me start all over. I was so depressed that I didn't even realize I was depressed. I didn't even understand it. This to me just became the new normal. I wasn't realizing that I wasn't eating, 
I didn't realize that I was, wasn't really drinking much. I dropped 24 pounds. And sometimes I would say things, incoherent things, and I'll become kind of just disoriented and getting lost walking around in Washington. Does that sound like depression to you folks? I didn't realize I wasn't eating. I was losing weight. I would get lost. I would say incoherent things. That sounds like to me, I don't know, dementia, Alzheimer's, maybe he's young, some other form of cognitive issue. Could be due to the stroke, could be due to something else. I'm not, uh, I'm not a, a, a medical professional. And I know that depression is clinical, but this sounds like something a lot more serious than depression, but they're just hiding it under the guise of depression. I've been saying that, but now I'm using his own words to question and give validity to my doubts about the real reason, or the, the, the reason they're giving us that he was put away. I think it was something else and it wasn't, it either wasn't depression or it wasn't just depression. Okay, folks, the Supreme Court is protecting access to abortion via the abortion pill. The Supreme Court yesterday protected access to a widely used abortion drug by freezing lower court rulings that place restrictions on its usage as appeals play out. Among those that supported this are the, that's right, the Trump-appointed justices, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett upheld the availability for the time being of the abortion pill. As a result, the FDA's approval of the drug and subsequent actions that made it more easily accessible will remain in place while the appeals play out, potentially for months to come. Breaking news, the Supreme Court has blocked restrictions on the abortion pill mifepristone. The pill's FDA approval still faces a legal challenge, but Friday's ruling will keep the medication available while that plays out. Justices Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito dissented. The case is the most important abortion-related dispute to reach the high court since the justices overturned Roe v. Wade. So let's see how this plays out, but it's going to be a bit of time before we'll see how this ultimately ends up. All right. On, in the same vein, check out what's going on here. The Epic Times reporting, Republican senators joined Democrat colleagues in advancing multiple judicial nominees from a Senate panel after a weeks-long pause due to the absence of a Democrat senator. Do you understand what's happening here, folks? We had an impasse. We had a Mexican standoff with these totally left crazy judicial nominees of Joe Biden because Dianne Feinstein is out ill for an extended prolonged time and it was a stalemate. But Republicans joined in. And this time, I'm not as upset at my senator from my current state of residence, Utah, Mitt Romney. This time, it's Mike Lee, who I am not happy about. Now, you know, now that I'm finding this out, I'll be calling his office on Monday and letting him know my displeasure. Republican Senators Lindsey Graham, Chuck Grassley, and Mike Lee are among those who voted for Democrat nominees. Now, Chuck Grassley's name in the mix, 
um, also frustrates me. But since Mike Lee is my senator, he will be the one that's going to receive uh, my thoughts on this. There were five nominees who didn't get bipartisan support. But once again, if there were no support from our from any Republican senator, these people would not have been advanced. All right, folks, let's talk about the cover-up of Ray Epps that is going nuclear. It's going ballistic. It's going to a new ridiculous level this weekend. And I'm talking about a 60 Minutes interview that is going to air tomorrow that is going to make Ray Epps a victim of conspiracy theories and supposed to pull your heartstrings that he's an innocent man. We are going to the Capitol. Who is Ray Epps? A former member of the Oath Keepers who served in the Marine Corps and was an ardent Trump supporter, or at least he was, until conservative media post-January 6 began insinuating that he was a government plant for the deep state. So funny and somewhat misleading. They show the Revolver article, which I covered at, at the time it came out, was phenomenal. Meet Ray Epps, the Fed-protected provocateur who appeared to have led the very first attack on the U.S. Capitol. The Fed protected provocateur because it is a fact that he is protected. We have video of him saying we got to go inside the Capitol and all these other things. Call, people calling him out as Fed. He pushing the um, the the signs and pushing uh, with the with the, with the bar barricades and leading the charge. An absolute provocateur who has been completely. Everyone has just gone out of their way from the J six committee to the FBI to the media to say this guy's a victim when he is on tape doing the same thing that they are saying that they oppose that was a total coup that was a total insurrection of our country which of course is ridiculous because who's in the White House it is Joe Biden not Donald Trump now what's interesting uh, about this and then talking about the uh, Revolver article is this from Darren J. Beattie. 60 Minutes was too chicken shiznit to interview me to get the other side of the story. This is the author of that Revolver article. Think of that. With all the home court advantages of splicing, dicing, B-roll, etc., they still were too scared to have me to defend Revolver's work on apps. That's how weak their case is. Oh, of course it is. Because 60 Minutes is now, what's their job? Revolver, everyone else who questions the protection of Ray Epps and his involvement, of course, were all theorists of the conspiratorium. What exactly was the role of Ray Epps in the chaos of January 6th? No matter how many times they push this conspiracy theory, this lie, it'll never become truth. Now, I'll probably delve into this more on Monday after this is aired on Sunday evening. But 
I think we, we we can we can see from just this little clump, uh, promo clip that we have that it's pretty biased. Let's see if they talk about all the criminal activity that's on tape that he was involved in, and he is free as a victim while other people are still languishing and being tortured in DC gulags as political prisoners for doing a lot less with criminal charges, a lot less than what we saw Ray Epps do on, on tape. But real quick, let's talk about the facts, folks. Let's talk about the facts. In his testimony with the J6 committee, Ray Epps admits to texting his nephew saying, I was in the front with a few others. I also orchestrated it. He is also on video saying, telling protesters to go to the Capitol. He was never charged nor arrested. He is the villain. Um, wow. And let's not forget that there was a, a, a moment when he actually was on the FBI list as a person of interest that they were seeking information for for violence at the United States Capitol. Yet he is uh, free as a bird to do 60-minute interviews. And the question is, why now? Why the cover-up? Well, it could be that Tucker Carlson has brought attention to the Ray Epps story, and they just settled over the voting machine company so maybe CBS is doing their part as propagandists or as competitors to kick Fox down and say, look, this is why Fox is in trouble. We're going to tell you the truth and not conspiracy theories. But I find it very suspect that right now, it seems kind of random, the, the heat is off of Ray Epps. It's no longer a hot story. They've made it hot again. And I wonder if this timing is random, fortuitous, or is something else about Ray Epps about to come out? I don't know. Let me end with this last story about people who are protected and covered up. And these people are at the highest parts of the regime of the former Vice President Joe Biden. Attorney General Merrick Garland is the previously unidentified official who, according to an IRS whistleblower, misled Congress about the Justice Department's probe into Hunter Biden, okay? This is what we've surmised, but a new report is putting this out. Garland refused to name a special counter, a special counter, <laughs> a special counsel in Hunter Biden's tax investigation to provide a degree of separation between Joe Biden and his Justice Department. He has now repeatedly testified before Congress that U.S. Attorney David Weiss has the full authority to make a criminal referral. But the IRS whistleblower believes that Garland's claims have misled Congress. The IRS agent's attorneys explained that his client can contradict sworn testimony to Congress by a senior political appointee. And there's been a full report that this person is Merrick Garland. That's who we would think it is. That's why I presented it to you. But now we have this. Senator Ron Johnson, Wisconsin Republican senator, is now on record saying that Garland and Biden are culpable of these alleged abuses. Under President Biden and Attorney General Garland, America is not equally applying justice and the rule of law. They are both equally culpable and responsible for abuse 
alleged by the IRS whistleblower. So to me, that's kind of confirmation because we know that senators like Ron Johnson are in the details and have seen information and know things that we don't know. I take that as confirmation. What do you think? Put it down below. Please like, share, and subscribe and hit the notification bell if you're watching this on YouTube. We will be back with more reports for you over the weekend. Hang tight. Ciao, goodbye. God bless.